Tonight we're going to continue on. We started a new series today called Sacred Things. And I know that uh, I mentioned this morning, uh, there are things in both men and women's, women's closet are sacred things. Uh, there are clothes that I know wives may have tried to chunk or try to get rid of. And they said, I don't think so. They find them come right back. Or there are other things that we think we have to have. We need them. And uh, I'm telling you, God says, really, there's only very few things we really need. And he is absolutely the number one thing that we need. And so if we look at this word sacred, it means holy. It means set apart. It means apartness, to be apart with God. It means to uh, a separatedness separate to, to him, set apart for a special purpose. And so many times in our lives, there are things that scream for our attention. There are, it could be a, it could be a group of people. It could be a particular subject that we're interested in. It could be a particular hobby that we like, but it screams and you just, uh, it can be food, any number of things that just wants our attention. And this is where God wants to pull us aside unto himself, to separate ourselves unto him. Um, it can be a, a, how he does that. He separates us for himself. He separates us for places. If you ever been riding around or you ever been somewhere and God moves on your heart to do something that was not in your mind or in your thought at the time you showed up and it's like, hey, I feel really inspired. I need to help somebody or feel really encouraged or really um, prompted by the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know, that separated that apartness. I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. And that's where that, that's a sacred thing for him. To do that, he calls us into it. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Paul writing to the church at Colossians, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive. Which means, I said this morning, means somebody can take you captive. If they, if they bring that up ever in scripture, just know it's possible. Paul was being very practical and saying it's possible for people, it's possible for things, to take our minds captive. And it says through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental, elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Christ is the center. We gotta keep our mind, our hearts, our spirit focused on Him. Again, 1 Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 1, 13 and through 15, says, therefore with minds that are Alert and fully sober. Like I'm a, I'm wide eyed and bushy tail ready. Lord, what is it you're wanting to do? What is it you got for me to do? It says, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. At, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have, uh, you had when you lived in ignorance. Um, that, that's, that's all of us. At some point, we were doing our own thing, going about our own way, and we realized, what am I doing? Until Jesus comes and begins to open our minds, open our hearts, and reveal to us uh, our wayward selves. Um, that, that's what, living in our ignorance. Jesus does that. And Peter goes on to say, but just as he who called you. And I want to I belabor that for one second. You didn't call yourself. The church didn't call you. I didn't call you. God personally called you to be a part of his life. 
He personally did that through his Holy Spirit. He called you. Uh, he who called you is holy. So be holy. Be set apart. And that's what that really means. And all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so we're looking at these things that God calls sacred and holy. And today we've been looking at names. And I asked this morning, I want to ask again, you know, did you, have you ever asked your parents, why'd you name me that? <laughs> what, what was it that, that, that was not that I know some people, um, celebrate their names, other people, they change their names. Um, I would simply say that God knew, uh, I know in our culture, a lot of times we are based on our previous generation that because of our fathers, our grandfathers, or because of our great-grandparents or aunts and uncles, there are names that are passed on to generations. But in Scripture, names have specific meaning. They actually have identity. They don't. They not only identify the person, but they actually, it's not just an identification thing, but they actually, uh, they're indicating, they identify as well, that what's your task, what it is that God's called you to do, what he is that he wants for you to do. And we looked at these names. These are just a brief list of some I pulled out just to look at. Some that we're very familiar with when we look at the word, the name Adam. Okay? God named Adam. God named Adam. And it's just only right. He'd say man. Um, it's to make because he made man. And it's red clay. All three of those. If you put them all together, God made man out of red clay. Um, and so that's how we get our Different shades of melanin, it can go up and it can go down. We're all one. Uh, I said this morning, I'll say it again. There's nothing, there's no such thing as a really a black person or a white person. There are all shades of melanin. It's right there. You take a red, you can go a little darker this way. You take red, you can go a little lighter this way. And voila, every one of us are in the spectrum. And so we celebrate that. Um, so God named him that. And then Adam got the got to name Eve. He looked over and said, I think she took his breath away personally. Eve, breathe, breathe, boy, breathe. <laughs> he was all by himself. You know, y'all, 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 y'all can appreciate that when he's just by himself and he looks at this, woo, thank you, Jesus. You know, he didn't know him by that name. Of course, we know this in the uh Hebrew language. Uh another word for man is ish. And I know he looked at Eve and said, ish, that's me. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but it's to live. And then we look at Abram, which means high father. God gets a hold of him. He turns him to Abraham. And he actually, or the guttural sound, hum. I don't have my water. But it, he turns him into the father of many nations. The same thing with his wife, Sarah. Sarah was princess. Um, God gets hold and she becomes a noble, noble woman and to have power. Um, Jacob, I love Jacob's name because it just had, his identity was heel catcher. I'm going to, another word, a heel snatcher. I'm going to grab him out and, um, just cause he grabbed his brother's heel on the way out, being a set of twins. But God took this little heel catcher, this heel snatcher and turned him into the nation of Israel and he named him Israel. And because of that, um, Israel means God contends, which means one thing. You don't want to contend with Israel because God will contend with you. And that's why we support Israel. We, 
We love, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, then David, um, the beloved, you know, most people in the church want to name their, their children after Bible names, hoping that they take on the best characteristics of those characters in the Bible and that they'll live those out. And then, of course, the last and best one of all, where we have Jesus, Yahweh is salvation or Yeshua. Uh, he is, it means to save. And that word save means to the uttermost. It's not just do a little thing for you. He takes us all the way, not halfway. So when we look at this thing of names, uh, when we think of the name of the Lord, it's to be hallowed. That's what Je- uh, Jesus said, the first thing in the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let me ask you, we in this culture, we have to be careful that we we don't cheapen or lessen the power of the name of our Father, the, the name of God. And tonight we're going to go over some of the Hebrew names of God that that they use that describe his character, to describe his nature. And then we're going to end with the greatest name of all that is all all wrapped up into one. And so we're going to look at the first one is El Shaddai. El is for God and Shaddai, um, it's all sufficient one, Lord God Almighty. And this became very popular when Amy Grant began to sing El Shaddai. Um, and they were all names of God where she was just magnifying his name. And when we think about devotion to it, let me ask you this before we go in. When, when we say, um, uh, who is God to you? Is he healer? Is he all sufficient? Is he master? Is he Lord of peace? Is he Lord who will provide? Is he, um, a father? Are we careful to make God into an it? We gotta be careful we don't make him to it or to a thing. But we gotta understand he's real. He's made us and he wants us to know his nature and his character so that it can be revealed in us and can be lived out through us. He wants to deposit that in each one of us. And so when we look at this El Shaddai, it's used a total of seven times in the Old Testament. And it means this, Lord God Almighty, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Now what's neat is, he needed to know that I'm God Almighty because God had told him he was going to be a father of many nations. And at that point, he hadn't had any children yet. I want to tell you, I don't know many 99 years old that are thinking about, let's start a family. <laughs> hey, baby, let's start us a family. Isn't this going to be? You need to know God Almighty. He is the Lord Almighty. He can do anything. There is nothing too difficult for him. That's El Shaddai. And then we have the next one, Jehovah Nishi. This is the Lord, my banner. It only actually occurs one time. The Lord, my miracle. And I know in, in, in the Old Testament, especially where God would place his banner over his people. The banner would be love. The banner would be peace. The banner would be truth. He was a banner over his people because why is that? Because many times the way we think of ourselves is not the way God thinks of us. 
If we put our own banner over ourselves, many times we'd say klutz. We'd say, you know, we, we would we would say a lot less than what God says of us. And God puts that banner that we can recognize who he is and what he does. That's what Moses found out in Exodus 17, 15. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. I'm trusting in him. I believe what he says, not what I think. Then number, uh, the next one, our third one is, and the most used one is Yahweh. Lord Jehovah. And we looked this morning, we said, Yah, the, 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 um, the, the Jews believed that to, to say just Yahweh, it was a, it was a, such a sacred name, just Y-H-W-H. It was such a sacred name that it really wasn't even allowed to be uttered off of their lips because they didn't want to utter it because of the fact they may use it in a wrong manner or in vain. And so what they took is they took Yahweh and Adonai and put the vows together and they came up with Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord is Jehovah. It's used 6,500 times in the Old Testament. It's one where the Lord is Yahweh. He is in Genesis 2, 4. It says, this is the account of heaven and earth when they were created, when the Lord God made, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and everything. I want you to stop right here for just a minute. And I want you to revel in the fact of what God is able to create. When you think about there was nothing. Nothing was made that was made. There was nothing created. God wasn't pulling or drawing from anything. Many times we make things, but it's because we look and we can say, oh yeah, I could do that or I could do it better. God made everything perfect in its time. And he didn't have to go over and he, he was, he's a perfect creator. He never runs out of creativity. And so when we think of him being the one who made it all, we got to celebrate the fact that he made you. He created you in his likeness, in his image. And so we don't ever want to lose fact and lose the, our identity because of the name Jehovah that has been placed, that's been given to us, that he's created it all. Our next one is, and it's one that's found, I think a lot of people like, Jehovah Ra. Um, and that is, the Lord is my shepherd. And it's particularly found and used in, in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or another translation says, I shall not want. There are a lot of times, I'm going to go ahead and be honest. I want a lot of things. <laughs> it doesn't mean I need them. I just want them. Many of us in our lives, especially in our culture today, we see something somebody else has. I want it. And I think I will only be happy if I get that. And I'm telling you, Jehovah Ra, Lord, you're my shepherd. You're really all I need. You can lead me and guide me into the things I really need. Matter of fact, most of the things that we think we got to have, that's what we end up asking. God, please forgive me. Take it. I don't want. I thought I needed that, but I don't want that. It just uh, doesn't help. Then um, the next one is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. The Lord still heals today, by the way. Um, and so we need to lock into the fact this is one. This is a part of His character. This is a part of His nature. 
each of these, there's not one word to describe God because he's so big, but each one of these are a part, a different distinct character or a part of his nature and what he does. And in Exodus 15, 26, he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That's important for each one of us. When you're going through something, you need to know. I I had the other day, I, I got to keep my little grandson. And uh, he came and he, he, he sounded like he had a little frog in his throat. Hey, G-ball. And I was like, what? Little three-year-old? And he said, hey. And so I went over and I said, Lord, thank you. That is no part of his, that, that is not a part of his body. And I said, Lord, you're the healer. You do this. Lord, thank you for restoring, taking all that out of his chest and everything. And today he came running and he had his little high voice. Hey, G-ball. And I was like, praise God. Like, that's, like, whoa, okay. So, he does that. He loves to, Jehovah Rapha. And then here's one that I, I need a lot. It's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. How many have, have found times in your life where you've gone through things either separately or together as a couple or with a family where you wonder, where's the Lord in this? That... I feel like I've been abandoned. I feel like I know he said he's there, but I don't really feel like he's there. But he's there. In Ezekiel 48, 35, it says this. The distance all around will be 1,800 cubits, and the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. I want to say to you, the Lord's here. Wherever you need him, that's where he's going to be. He'll be there when you invite him in. Um we have a part to play and we can't do God's part and God can't do our part. So we invite him in. We invoke his name. And uh, it's kind of like on a car um, when we're, uh, you, you can have the engine and you can have a transmission. But if, if you don't have something to engage the engine and the transmission together, that linkage, all you got to think is you're just got this engine that will rev up and, and that can be the name. But you gotta engage that. You gotta put it into, you know, actually put it into gear and go, hmm, Lord, you are. You're there. Thank you for being right here with me, no matter what, and not just here in church. That's where a lot of people think God shows, stays here in church that when we leave, that, that, um, that God's right here waiting. Jesus tore the veil and he has made it available to all of us. And so that's important for us to know. And then, Here's a good one I love. Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. Um, I, I think for me, there are a lot of times in most of our lives where that, that we get anxious over situations. Even right now, if you, if you really want to make a difference in the world, especially right here, right now, um, Go ahead and, 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 and know that God's going to provide for you in every way. Even in this storm that's coming this way. Many people right now, they would be here at church, but they're glued to, to a television. 
And there's this weatherman sitting there right now. Be afraid. Be very afraid. You better stay in tune with us. Because we're going to show All they can do is show you where it's at. They can't do anything to change it one way or the other. Hey, it's right here. Okay, good. It's right there. Good. We need to make sure that we stay with our focus that, Lord, you're the one that's going to provide for me. I mean, they're going to give me some insight. Sure, I'm not saying deny what they're doing, but I'm saying, look, my focus does not need to be always on simply what they're telling me. My focus needs to be on what the Lord is telling me. Jehovah Jireh, he is my provider. He's your provider. That's what Genesis 22:14. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God has provided everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. That's what he tells us. Proverbs 18, um, it says this. This is what's very... The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. So you can run to the Weather Channel. Like I said, nothing wrong with being informed. But I'm going to tell you, we want to run to the name of the Lord. That's the, It's a fortified tower. I'm, my, my trust is 100% in Him. And He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us strength. And he will give us victory. Um, and then finally, I want to end with this one because it is. This is the Old Testament. In the New Testament, God raised up his very, and this is the most powerful thing, to raise up his own son to come down from heaven and take on the form of a man. Every other religion says we have to work our way to get to God. In Christianity, God says, I'm coming to you. I know where you're at. I know your weakness. I know your failures. I know your shortcomings. But I'm sending my son in the form of man to come down and, and, and take on our name, take on our likeness. And so that we could then take on his likeness. And in Philippians 2, 9 and 11, it says, therefore God exalted it because he yielded himself. He didn't consider to be equal, you know, to be equal with God, to be grassy. He, he humbled himself in the form of a slave or a servant. And it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. There's not a name higher. There's no other name on this earth where we can be saved, where we can be healed, where we can be delivered, where we can have access to the throne of God. Everything that God wants to do for you and do for me, it's wrapped up in Jesus' name. Every knee should bow that at the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can I challenge us tonight that sometimes when you stay in something for so long, um, you can begin to take things for granted. I know I can. I know if we're not careful in our marriages, um, we're not going to ask the wives to answer or say amen tonight. But there's sometimes that they can be taken for granted. They're just there. Oh, look, it's there. And we just take it for granted instead of understanding the treasure that we do have. Also with the husband. Wives, the, the, the husbands need to be honored as well. It goes both ways. The Lord, if we're not careful, 
the name Jesus will take for granted what he is, who he is and what he's done for us. And we don't bask in it. We don't celebrate it. We don't say, Jesus, there's no other name. Lord, I lock into you. I'm not going to go look for any other thing. There's nowhere I can go except straight to you. And I've got a name that's been given to me. You gave it to me to engage forgiveness, power, love, healing, deliverance, all of it. It's found in his name. And so tonight, I want us to just take just a minute. I want us to bask in this name that we call Jesus. It's Yeshua. It's it's, it's all of it wrapped up right there. The Lord God. The, it's, the, it's salvation. It's, it's deliverance. It's healing. It's provision. It's all of these. It's peace. It, he carries it all with him. And so I'm going to ask you right now, bow your heads if you would. Close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to think. Have I been honoring and cherishing and, and reverencing the name of Jesus? Or do I say it like Jesus said, the Pharisees said they prayed and they thought by the, the use of their many words that they could engage God and get Him to move and get Him to act. And Jesus said, no, it's not that. We've got to ask in Jesus' name. It's, a, it's an attitude. Lord, thank you that there's no other name that I get anything from heaven. There's no other name that I got access to all that heaven has to offer except through the name of Jesus. Are you trusting in anything else? Is there anything within you that thinks, well, if I do this, then this will take care of it instead of the only thing I can do. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I can do Nothing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take just a moment. Allow His name. Begin to to hallow His name. Begin to allow the Holy Spirit to remind you of all that He's done, all that He continues to do. He said He would never leave you. He would never forsake you. Jesus. Thank you, Lord 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 Jesus. I just encourage you, just like the the Jews used to say Yahweh, I would just... Begin to whisper that name, Jesus. With a reverence, with an understanding. With an admiration. 
with a devotion. I may not know everything about him. I may not know all that he does, but I do know this. He has all the answers. He is the strong tower. He is the stone the builders rejected, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. You know, you have the greatest name ever given. But if you don't ever invoke it, if you don't ever call upon the name of the, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Acts 4.12, there's no other name given to man whereby we can be saved in heaven or in earth except for Jesus. I pray that tonight that that would be, he'd be paramount, first place in our lives and each one here. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to give you an opportunity. Maybe, you know, Jesus hasn't been that closer. Maybe he's still a mystery. You're still trying to figure out what all he's done and what he continues, what he, what he wants to do with your life. I just want to, maybe he feels very distant to you. I don't know. But I do know this. God said, you draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He's waiting. He came. He gave all so that we could have all. Thank you, Lord God. And if you feel distant from him, I just, I'd love to pray with you tonight. He would love for you to connect and he wants to connect with you in a very real, tangible, God-honoring way. And if that's you and you say, Mark, I, I just, I feel distance. I, I've heard of Jesus and I know about him, but I want to know him just as he fully knows me. If that's you. I just ask you just to raise your hand and I'll pray with you and pray for you. Anybody here tonight? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there anybody here tonight? Say, Lord, I just, I just want that closeness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. For your people here tonight. I thank you Lord that you you are right here in our midst. And I thank you for restoring hearts. I thank you for drawing us to you. And that any hindrance, anything that would try to creep in. That would try to lessen our love. That would try to in any way deceive us. Lord I thank you right now for just breaking that off of each person. And that, Lord, we could love you the way you desire to be loved. With our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole spirit, our whole flesh, Lord, every part of our being. Because that's how you love us. Thank you, Lord. I ask you to bless each one here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand up with me at this time. I want to bless you and I just want to pray for you. I'll be here for prayer. If you need prayer, just open your hands to receive from Him. Lord God, Creator of the universe, You commanded blessing to be spoken over Your people. And Lord, in so doing, as Your name is placed on them, You in turn would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.